I'm going to start off with a Mark chapter 11, verse 23 through 25 in the English Standard Version. It says, Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And ever, when whatever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses. So today I'm going to talk about uh, three specific items in, this, in these scriptures. And first is going to talk about faith believing, and saying. Let's start with faith. Mark eleven twenty three can only be accomplished through faith. Without the ingredient of faith, it is impossible. The word says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And specifically in the scripture, when we're talking about doing some very impossible things, you need faith. So let's talk about what is faith. Um, in just your regular dictionary, it says that it is complete trust or confidence in something or someone. So it's just the basic terms, just trusting. I have faith that this chair is going to hold me up. We hear Pastor Ziggy use that comment a lot. I, I trust it. I trust that I can be held. I trust that, you know, if I ask David to do something for me, I trust that he's gonna do it and that, you know, I have a lot of faith in him because of our 15 years together, I built that faith in him. So trust in it by itself is just a basic definition of faith. So faith is the complete trust in God, the complete trust of his word and that he's gonna do what he said. Now, that was just your basic English dictionary definition. But we know that in the Bible, we have a, a little bit of a different definition, which is found in Hebrews. Um, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, in the King James Version, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith is believing what is not perceived by the physical five senses. So it's not talking about what I can feel, what I can touch, what I can uh, maybe hand off to someone. So faith is going to be a little bit different when it comes to doing it God's way. Um, I really like the Moffat Mo Mo translation. It says the confidence of what we hope for and being convinced of what we do not see. So we have the confidence, which is a lot like trust. You know, you're confident that something's going to happen. I am confident that if I asked David to do something, he's going to do it. I have that confidence. And then I like the part where he, they also mention and convinced, convinced. Again, that kind of falls into... I'm not doubting. There's no doubt once you're convinced, right? 
You're convinced something's going to happen. It's going to happen. So we've got confidence of what we hope for and being convinced of what we do not see. Another great translation is in the New English translation. It says, faith is giving substance to what we hope for. Very simple. Giving substance to what we hope for. And then again, in the wonderful Amplified, so it comes out nice and clear, it says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of the things we do not see. And I like the word conviction. And the conviction of the reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Again, it's talking about not seeing it come to pass. Hope by itself doesn't have any substance. You don't have to hope for something you already have, right? So I can't hope that I could have a, some water because I already have it. I have it right here. I have the substance already. But when we're talking about having faith of what we do not see, we're always going to be in the faith realm when we don't see it. The minute we have it, you don't need faith anymore. So when we're talking about walking in faith and, and making sure that we understand what faith is in our lives as a Christian, we have to make that distinction between hoping and walking in faith and having it. I already have it. I don't need to believe for it anymore. I don't need to uh, keep praying for it anymore. I already have it. So there's the distinction of those three different realms. But whenever we're walking by faith, we have to know that we don't see it. But like it said here in um, one of the translations, I am confident and I am convinced of it. That confidence and that conviction that it is done is only going to come from what the word of God says. If I don't have the word of God for it, I can't be convinced. I can't. It's almost like when you go up to, you know, you're, you have a trial and you're trying to convince the jury of something. Without that conviction, there's, you're just still going to believe either they did it or they didn't, right? Um, in that example. So we have to hope first. A part of that. If you don't have hope that something's going to happen, you're, you haven't even started. You haven't even gotten off the, the right path. So where does hope come from? Hope comes from someone telling you this is possible, right? And we're going to get that hope from the word of God. If I, if I had never heard that by his stripes I was healed, I would have never believed it. I would have never walked in faith of having that. If I didn't know that I can have everything I say, I would have never thought about it. I would have never popped into my head and saying, oh, you know what, I'm going to believe this. 
So being in God's word is so critical in walking by faith because if we don't know what his word says, we don't know what to hope for. And we can't even get on the starting line if we have no hope. So that's why it's so important when we talk about getting in God's word because if we don't have God's word, we can't be convinced of what he said. I purposely put uh, promises not only because it's one of my favorite songs right now, but his promises come from his word. And if we don't know them, we can't walk in them. Um, so in Deuteronomy 28, when it talks about all of those sicknesses and all those things that he has um, freed us from, if we don't know it, we can't expect it. We can be convinced of it. One of the sicknesses listed on there is itchiness. I know, right? Totally weird. Itchiness. But whenever I get itchy or whenever something tries to, I don't know, stuff that makes you itchy, I don't know. For uh, during, I think it was my second pregnancy, I think it was Jack, I would get itchy. And I'm like, what is going on? It's just so random. But I said, I'm like, you know what? Lord, I read in your word that I'm not supposed to be itchy. So I knew that I could hope for that, and then that hope, I was convinced of it, that then got me on the right track to start believing that I didn't have to have that, right? And so getting in God's word and, and seeing what his promises are is the beginning of faith. Whenever we see those things and in his word, there are, that's his promise. So you don't have to hope for something that you already have, but faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the confidence of those things not yet seen. So we at sometimes live in that realm where we've read his word, we're in hope, and we don't see it. That is the, that we're in that, that's faith right there. You're in that faith. But during that time, God's doing his word. And we have to be convinced and we have to be assured, just like it says, um, being confident of what we hoped for and being convinced of what we do not see. That nothing is going to make you think otherwise. That conviction and that convincing has to be your firm foundation because that's what his word said. And it takes time to get there because we have to renew our minds. We have, how many times have you seen those silly commercials that talk about sickness and all the side effects and all the things that can come, or even looking at watching the news and all that stuff that they can say, this is happening around you. Coworkers, family members, my goodness, it's all around. So all of those things are in our minds and they're floating around unless we take them captive and bring them down and toss them away. That's why renewing our mind is so important. So then that way, we are convinced. We have the assurance that this is God's word and that's mine. 
But when we're in faith, in that faith realm, we're still not seeing it. Now, sometimes you can go from believe, you know, speaking it and receiving it in a matter of seconds. Or it could take some days, or it could take some years. It took uh, David and I about a year and a half, almost two years, to conceive Amelia. But we were, we were in that faith, oh, yeah. in that faith realm. Uh, Ted likes to talk about how we had in our fridge for, for years uh, a picture of baby feet that happened to be a boy and a girl. We were uh, thinking it would be great to have twins, and the Lord's like, oh, let me take care of you on that. It's... It's better if you have one at a time. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. He knew. Um, so we, we were practicing that faith walk. So when we're talking about faith, faith is giving substance to the things hoped for. Don't feel like you're not in faith when you don't see it. And that is key. You have to trust that when you're in, in that, you can picture yourself uh, maybe in a time zone or a tunnel that's getting you from one place to the next, whatever helps you, but knowing that if you read it in God's word and you're hoping for it and you don't see it, it's working because his, God, his word is true and his word does not return void. One of the songs we, we sing is, if you said it, I believe it. And that, that's faith. If you said it, I believe it. I'm standing on it. How many of you can attest to there's things that right now you believe for and haven't seen? Right? You guys are walking it out. You're in faith right now. You're doing it. You are doing the word. And it's awesome. That is what God called us to do. We are Christians. And a lot of that time, you know, the enemy will try to come and try to push us over and stop believing and stop uh, saying what his promises are. But that's when we have to come back to that conviction, that confidence, that know that's his word. And you're going to stand firm on it. Faith works when we don't see it working. It's part of its nature. You know, there different words, different things have a fundamental nature of what, who, what they are and who they are. Faith is just not being able to see it. Like we said, the minute we see it, it's jumped out of faith. It's now, now into the next step of it. Now you're in the manifestation of it. You're seeing it. So we need to know that faith is complete trust in God's word. And it takes, faith is one of those things that kind of takes a lot of different angles. And one of them in order to completely trust in God's word is renewing your mind. And renewing your mind doesn't happen overnight. So whenever we're waiting and we're in that faith zone, it may not happen overnight because we still have a lot of that junk to get out of our heads. So don't be discouraged when you don't see it. 
You're just in the faith zone. And sometimes you just have to renew your mind, get rid of some uh, thoughts, bring them down, cast them down, and then just keep on you know, walking in joy, walking and believing that you received it. One of the scriptures that talks about faith is a Mark 5, 25 through 28, and then we're going to read uh, through 30. We'll go ahead and read through 30. It says, and it's talking about the woman that had an issue of blood, right? Because she, does, she doesn't have it anymore. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the, in the crowd and then touched his cloak because she thought, again, pointing that out, she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. In some other places, it says she said. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from suffering. She received it that very moment. Now, we'd like to think about how many days, how many uh, weeks might she have went from hearing the stories of Jesus to finally reaching him where she kept thinking that, where she kept saying that, saying to herself, if I just touch him, if I just touch him, if I can just get to Jesus, I will be healed. She had to cast down all of those thoughts of what the doctor said, of what her family said. She had to cast all those thoughts down every single time she bled because she hadn't seen it. She hadn't, you know, she wasn't walking it, but she received it that moment because of what she had been saying, what she had been thinking. Faith must not, absolutely must not require physical evidence or it's not faith. You can't require physical evidence if you're walking in faith. Because the, when you're in the faith zone, you're not going to see it. And you have to be okay with that. That's part of that confidence and that conviction. You have to be okay that you're not going to see it. That it's not going to be something that you require. A lot of the times, uh, I like hearing Kenneth Hagin's uh, stories of when he would have people get in line for healing, and he would ask them, Will you be healed when I pray for you? And they would say, I hope so. Uh, maybe. We'll see. They weren't even, they said, I hope so. But at that time, they weren't in that faith zone. Because if they were in that faith zone, they would have said, yeah, it's done. It's a done deal. So when we're walking it, we cannot require physical evidence of it. In that faith zone, we are convinced that it's done because his word said it. When it gets tough, when it gets rough, and the manifestation, we can't see it, we cannot start speaking the opposite. Because the minute we start speaking the opposite, we go back to ground zero. Because at that point, you weren't convinced you weren't settled on what God said. You let your thoughts 
dictate the route that you were gonna go. It automatically took you out of that faith zone. So when we're walking by faith, we have to be fully convinced of what his word said. And the only way we get through that is by renewing our mind, casting down imaginations. And a lot of times you can, you know, do the buddy system and have somebody hold you accountable and say, hey, look, I'm believing for this. If you, and I've done that. If you hear me say anything opposite of what I said, hey, catch me because I don't want to get out of faith. I don't want to be the one that just my thought, I let my thoughts run and I just say things that will stop me from receiving. But if I can, if I, let's say that I do, let's say that I'm like, oh, well, I still haven't received this healing. And Ms. Rhonda looks at me like, Hilda, by his trips, you were healed. You're like, and I could get back in that faith zone just that quick. You're like, you're right. I'm going to cast that thought down. And by his stripes, I was healed, and I am healed, and I will forever be healed. And then you get back right in that faith zone. So you can have those accounts. That's why we koinonia. That's why we get together. That's why we get in each other's lives. The minute that we start backing up from the people we know and the people that are, you know, in our church circle, people that are going to hold us accountable, the minute we start holding ourselves into this corner, putting ourselves in a corner, then that's when we're more likely to just get out of that faith zone. These last couple of months, now we could say months, plural, because it's, we're in March, so we've been doing this for three, three months, which is pretty cool, of just meeting together and just walking this out together as often as we can. Um, we're holding each other accountable, and we're lifting each other up, and that's what God intended us to do. And so it's awesome to be able to see how that works into walking by faith. Now, in order to stay in faith, you must believe that God will do what he said he will do. Believe that you received it when you prayed. The number one um, basic fundamental of faith is to believe it in your heart. And that's where you get that conviction, that confidence. Not in your head. When you pray, you believe you receive it, you let your faith work. Believe it in your heart. You don't have to believe it in your head. I like, um, I was just thinking about, you know, how they say, let your money work for you. Let, let our faith work for us, you know? Let it, let's put it to work. It's as, it's as simple as, you know, the natural, you put your money where it grows in interest and things like that. Well, we can, in the, in the spirit, put our faith to work by what we say and what we do and how we act towards people. Um, just getting ahead of myself, you know, faith worketh by love. So a part of the equation is walking in love. In uh, Mark eleven twenty two, it says, Jesus answered the disciples by saying, have faith in God, trust in God. Believe in God. No matter what, just have faith in God. Shambok said it perfectly. You have no trouble. All you need is faith in God. 
Faith works when we walk in forgiveness. When we walk in love. And forgiveness can be literally anyone and anything that you felt you got wronged by. Because the minute that we are walking in unforgiveness, uh, that, that faith walk is tainted. And so we want to make sure that as we're walking and we're in this faith zone, that we're also walking out his number one commandment, which is to walk in love. And you can't walk in love and in unforgiveness. It's an oxymoron, really. You can't do one with, that, with the other at the same time. I like it. Uh, I like to think that the women, uh, we just talked about the women with the, uh, that had the issue of blood. She had to forgive all those physicians. She had to forgive family members. And you know what? The minute that you hear a promise like, you know, if you go up to this man, he will heal you of everything. All of that should just be like, well, whatever. You know, I forgive those. I don't even have to feel wronged by the physicians or my family. All I care about is now I'm going to walk in wholeness. So when we do that, when we walk in forgiveness, it's because we trust that his word is going to take us higher, that his word is going to take us where we need to go, that is going to take us to his promises. So we're seeing a, another level of, of how his word works together in walking in forgiveness. And faith work by love is in Galatians uh, 5.6, if you want to write that down. Now let's take a moment and read Mark 11, 23 through 25 again. And this time, I want you guys to focus on when it talks about believing that you receive it. So we're going to go from faith to now talking about believing. I truly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received and it'll be yours. And whatever you stand, whenever you stand, forgive. If you had any, anything against anyone, so you're walking in forgiveness when you pray, so that your Father will also forgive you in heaven your trespasses. When we focus on believe that you receive, the first part of the verse says, do not doubt in your heart, but believe. Now, doubt is a very interesting word when we look it up. It actually is just the feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction, just not being sure. You're like, oh, well, I believe that the Thunder is going to win the match. Eh, I doubt it. You're not sure. You're not sure. I guess it could happen. So that's doubt. Uh, one of the examples they gave as a sentence is some doubt has been cast upon the authenticity of this account. So you're like, eh, I'm not sure. So doubt is not, like if you think of just the simple word doubt, it's just you're just not sure, which ultimately means you're not convinced. You're not convinced that that's true. So when the word says, by his stripes you were healed, doubt comes in when you're like, I don't know. 
am I, did he do that? Is that going to happen? Have, have I seen it happen? Will that happen to me? Can that happen? You know, that's doubt in itself. It's just you're not sure of it being true. It says, feel to feel uncertain about. Another example they gave is, I doubt my ability to do the job. So it's, it's wavering. And we hear it in the word, it says, a double-minded man in James 1.8. Believe God and, and get your promises. So when a double-minded man is, is essentially doubting, so that's why God said, you can't receive anything when you're in doubt. How do you expect that? Is that mine? She'll be fine. In the name of Jesus. So whenever we see those scriptures, when it talks about a wavering man, it's just talking about someone who's doubting the, God's word, which is fair to say. If you doubt his word, it's fair for you not to receive anything from him, right? I mean, he's a just God. So when he says that in his word, it's like, well, that's true. If I don't believe you and if I don't think you're right, then I'm probably not going to receive anything from you. And again, how do, we, how do we get rid of that doubt? Getting in his word. Having our minds and our thoughts changed from what we originally believed from the world whatever we were taught whatever we've seen and being able to convince ourselves faith is the conviction to be able to firmly grasp what he said on a day-to-day basis Jesus talked a lot about not doubting. Uh, there's actually a lot of scriptures about not, not doubting, not having a lack of conviction and uncertainty about the matter. So I'm going to read you a couple of them. It says, now, uh, this is Hebrews 10.38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draws back or lacks conviction, my soul shall not have pleasure in him. If you're talking about when you love someone, there is a trust. There is a certainty that you are going to be able to count on them. So when God says, if, you're, if you draw back and you lack this conviction, you don't really love me. And it's true. I mean, it's just... How can you love someone you don't trust? Matthew 21, 21 says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this with which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, be removed and thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. In that, and do not doubt. It was in just right in the middle of it. In Romans fourteen twenty three, it says, "But whoever has doubts is condemned." And this is talking about uh, by what he eats, because eating is not from faith. But whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. 
James 1.6 says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. I have one more about doubt. Matthew 16, 20 through 22 says, he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, that is your lack of firmly relying and trusting in, for truly I say to you, if you have faith that is living like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to yonder place and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind of unbelief does not go except by prayer and fasting. I like this, this one too because it talks about this unbelief only goes by prayer and fasting. And what happens when we pray and fast? We're like zoned in on God's word. We're like moving all of the distractions out of our days. So when we're being in prayer, when we're fasting, when we dedicate special time to be in his word, to be really died, just put everything aside to be with him. That's when unbelief goes away because we are confident, we are fixed on his word and nothing can move us. You're like, nope, that's what he said. That's what it is. So believing and having trust in him is getting that unbelief out of the way. And when we do, we get to have all his promises. Out of the mouth, the heart speaks. That's all, that, that's talking about saying things, right? So we've been hearing all of these scriptures. So let's now talk about what we say. So we talked about walking in faith, the faith zone. And now believing it or getting rid of unbelief. But now let's talk about saying what we say. When we talked about the, the woman in Mark 5.28, and when she, uh, the woman that had the issue of blood, she said, if I touch the hem of his garment, right? So she said it. She had an action to it. I believe that if she had never said anything, it wouldn't have come to pass. Because out of the mouth, the heart speaks. And we have to believe in our hearts. And that's where belief comes from, the, that belief, not our heads. She made herself heard. And when she heard herself do it, she was actively convincing herself of it as well. And that's a part of the, just the human nature, that when we hear ourselves say something, we are literally convincing ourselves of it. Because the opposite could be true as well. If we hear somebody else try to say, well, did this really happen? Or when we stumble across those you know, silly, uh, it could be YouTube, it could be Facebook, it could be any type of social media outlet where people are questioning things then that little thought just pops in. I like to keep myself out of those things. I prefer not to watch certain types of movies. I prefer not to listen to certain types of music because I don't want those thoughts to 
taint anything that I have already convinced myself of. And it takes a lot of discipline and it's not always fun, but at least now I get to walk in the faith zone more often and I get to be able to stand on God's word without having to cast down those imaginations, having to do all of that work. So there is things that you can do to help stay in that zone. Uh, and one of them is, what are you listening to? Because what you say and what you hear people say will affect us. In Matthew's account uh, is where she says, she kept saying, the power responded to what she said. The power of God's word responded, literally responded to what she said. And you know, we, we talk a lot about what we say and there's power in our words. There's power in the name of Jesus. But we first have to say it. We first have to say the name Jesus. When it tells us that when we pray, pray in the name of Jesus. So we actively have to be saying things so we can choose what to say. And when we choose to say God's way and God's word, the power backing it up will make it come to pass. It's very awesome to see the, the, the manifestation of something is just God's power being enforced on earth. It's bringing heaven down to earth. And that manifestation is that explosion between the faith realm and the reality realm. Every time we say something based on God's word, faith will keep getting stronger. As we're walking in that faith zone, every time we say it, it is building up on itself until there's that explosion of it happening, of you seeing it come to pass. So as we're walking in faith and we're in that faith zone where we don't see the manifest manifestation, then go ahead and say it one more time because every time you say it, it's building up on it and you're convincing yourself. And the minute you're, you're convincing yourself that that's what it's gonna happen, you're building your assurance. You're building that conviction that God's word is true. So it all acts together. It all works together for our good. Even you've, there's plenty of stories, but you can even hear Jesus when in Mark 5:41, where it says, uh, taking her by the hand, he said, Talitha Kumi, which means little girl, I say, arise. He said it. He, he said, I say, arise. And we have many other examples where Jesus said it. So when we're looking at our faith walk and we're in that faith zone, we have to continually say his word. In Mark 11, uh, 24, when he's talking about how to walk this out, and you guys have heard this, uh, maybe you have heard it a couple of times. In those scriptures, he says, say three times and believe only once. So we continually have to say it. I'm going to read it again. He says, truly, I say to you, 
Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. So we're saying it. The minute we don't say anything about it or we say the opposite, we are not walking by faith. We're not in that faith zone. So my challenge is, and you guys hear me say this often, you have what you say. But all of that, all of whenever I say you have what to say, all comes from this backing, knowing that I have his word to back me up when I say it. One of the things that I, some of the examples I use are simple, like whenever I talked about not preferring bread, or recently I, I kept saying I have healthy, thick, long hair. You're like, what? That seems very superficial. But you know what? He cares about my hair. He talked about my hair in his book. He cares about it. He cares about my health. So whenever I'm trying to regulate my health, he's going to back it up. Whenever he talk, whenever I, I would prefer uh, another car or a better car, he cares about my safety. Psalms 91. <laughs> so I know where to, I was telling the youth uh, last week is the word of God, the Bible, is our instructional manual. Everything that we can think of, he has a word for he, talk, he talks about if you have an extra of one thing and, and your neighbor needs it, give it to him. The number of times that comes in my mind, I'd say my mind or my heart, but it continually just, oh, I have an extra, I have an extra cookie. Somebody wants a cookie, give it away. I have an extra uh, pair of shoes that I don't use. You know what? They're just sitting in my closet doing nothing. Give them away. I have, you know, I have an extra, now recently, we're moving on from the baby stages. I have an extra of a lot of things. I would rather sew it, you know, than it sit in my closet. But that, that was coming from God's word of if you have some, in, in it's Proverbs or Psalms, I'm not sure, I don't, but I know it's in there. Is he, if you have something extra that, and your neighbor needs it, just give it to them. And everything that we can think of that we would desire or that we need help understanding, whether it's from work or family, it's in his manual. And his word helps us get to that faith zone so we can believe that we receive it when we pray. And the number of times that he says, believe that you receive it when he's pray, normally it says that there should be three scriptures to make it, make it so. Well, he's got like well over three scriptures on that. But when we're talking about our faith walk, our, our, doing, uh, our being in the faith zone, I believe that I receive things because of those components. Walking out his word, 
convinced that it is true, that it is trusting in him. Build that love connection and then believing it. And then I say it. And the opposite is true. You can have whatever you say if you say that you're not good at something and you believe it, you're going to keep being bad at it. If you believe that, you know, this is never going to happen for me and you believe it, you bet it's not going to happen. And it could be with anything that you say. From the smallest little thing, whether it's talking about um, receiving your manifestation for, you know, maybe you had allergies. Believe that you received it. When I first got born again, again, I was um, lactose intolerant. My whole family is. And to this day, I eat ice cream in front of them, and it is fantastic. <laughs> because the smallest thing that you can think of, if it's, if it's not what you would prefer and it's God's will for you to have it, then have it. But you have to walk in that conviction, that, that certainty that it is God's word. And it will not happen if we try to do this in a lazy way, I will say that. It won't, it takes work, it takes dedication, it takes being diligent about not listening to certain things, about not reading certain things, about not watching certain things, about not hanging out with certain people that are going to say things that are going to throw you off. Dedicating time in his word to renew our minds. His being in his presence has been so awesome this last few months because he's just been reminding me of those things, of, of how, how we got to where we are. And it is amazing to see the manifestation of those things because we stayed in that faith zone that sometimes it did take years. We used to drive a green toad. It was a green um, Toyota Corolla, Toyota... We called it the toad because it didn't look very pleasant. But you know, and you know what? I have a green car again. That's funny. But this is a nicer car. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But you know what? I, we, we don't stop there. Because his promises, I get to be a, a reflection of who he is. And people get to see, people that have known me or that are outside of what they see on a day-to-day basis, whether it's at work or my family, they have seen, the, they have seen God's work in me. And we are to be the light in this world. And walking by faith is one of those ways. It is our duty as Christians to, we can't walk in love and not do his word. It, it's one of those he plainly says, if you walk in unbelief, you're not going to get anything because he can't bless any, a wavering person because he's a just God. And that's the awesome thing. We get to serve a just God. And when we do it his way, there's blessings that come with that. 
So today, as you are thinking about the faith walk and the faith zone, believing and saying, I want you guys to really intentionally, as you, you guys have your notebooks and you're writing out things, intentionally ask the Lord, where are those areas that you, that you need to change? That, that you need to shine the light of and say, hey, I need to do things differently so that I can be in that faith zone for real, so that I can walk it out and not waver, not be tossed to and fro, but to be able to be in that consistent walk with him. Because he will. He will shine the light and he will tell us. He's faithful to do that. And some, it may be a little change. Some may be big changes. But trusting that when you do, he's going to be faithful to walk along with you. We have the Holy Spirit. He's going to comfort us. He's going to lead us. And, you know, the word says he'll lead and guide us by his spirit. And when it seems rough and when it seems uncomfortable, he's going to be there. And it, does, it is going to take some stretching. And it may feel awkward because we're... Uh, humans are a creature of habit, unfortunately. Um, so creating new habits is a little bit tough. It's like going to the gym for the first time in a long, long time. It's going to be a little tough. But once you get past those first couple of days, once you get past that, just those things, uh, could be a couple of days or maybe a week, however long it takes you. But once you get past it, man, it's awesome. And the rewards of it are just going to continue to compound on it. Because once you pass one, I would say, one hurdle, you're going to get to go to the next one. You're going to just build on it from faith to faith and glory to glory. Amen. All right. This is open uh, Wednesday. So I'm going to let you guys take a moment to, again, write some of those things out that you feel like you're going to work on your faith walk on. But also, I'd like to open it for questions. Um, there are, I did talk a lot about certain things of faith and believing and saying, so I want to open it, just let you guys ask. If you want me to give an example, I can give an example also. I will call on someone. Just kidding. <laughs> Wait for the microphone. Hold on, Ted. Wait for the mic. <laughs> what caused you to put the picture of the babies on your your refrigerator? Why? What come up? What What was caused that the idea to even come up in you? to put that on your fridge to believe God for two, two children. The Bible talks about uh, seeing it. Uh, I'm trying to remember the scripture, but seeing it and continually having it in front of me is a reminder of that's what he said I could have. So seeing it is, and a lot of people do, vision boards and they do these things because they found out that yeah that works because it's a it's a biblical law that if you see it 
You're going to take it in. Um, it's like uh, the Proverbs 4.20 says, um, to keep it before your eyes. And it's talking about the word of God, but it's the same thing. Uh, one of my favorite sayings from Kenneth Copeland is, the memory of a potato never fed anyone. You can remember that you ate a potato two days ago, but that's not going to keep you uh, fed. Same thing like that. If you have it in before your eyes, if you have the word in front of you day in and day out, if you have that picture of what he promised you, you're going to stand on it firmly, and you're going to have that conviction, confidence of that is mine. And you're going to have it. Amen. Good question, Ted. Thank you for that. Faith, any questions? Oh, Melody, I'll come back to you. Um, I was questioning something similar about the pictures, but not necessarily the pictures, just more so the, when you're asking, and I know he says you ask in my name, you know, mm-hmm. what, you, what you desire in my name. If there was things that was, say, that was people throughout the Bible that they had asked for, and it didn't come to pass. So I have questions, and I you know, do a lot of reading and mm-hmm. searching for those you know, certain answers. And that's one of them, is that if you are asking and you are having faith, and it says in the Bible, what, whatsoever you ask in my name, and you are trying and you want a child, mm-hmm. um, how does that, how does that, could, could you elaborate on that where it's things like that? Do you have an example of one of those that didn't receive it? Well, um, well, Paul. Paul? Yeah, Paul. Um, he had wanted them, him to take away uh, the trials and tribulations that he was uh, going, whether it be had to do with his physical, you know, or whether it, but that's the only one I could think of right this second. Um, a lot of the times when we see, the, for example, that one is uh, what was going on for them, we would need to have a revelation on. Because if his word says that if you believe it and it's in my word, you have what you say, we have to be fully convinced that that's what he said and that that's what he was going to do. So when that example of the thorn and the flesh, and there's a lot of actual uh, intricacies that happen there, we have to be convinced that there, we have to have a revelation on what happened at that moment to understand what really went down, what really happened. But we have to be fully convinced that if he said in his word that when we pray, believe we receive it, that we're not going to be wavered by what happened to Paul, what happened to Tyler, what happened to Rachel. We have to be fully convinced that if that's what his word said, I'm going to stay in that faith zone no matter what. I'm going to be fully convinced. If we go back to um, those translations, it said, having the confidence of what we hope for and being convinced of what we do not see. Another one was uh, faith is giving some substance to what we hope for. So it's providing the substance of what creates that thing. So we have to be fully convinced that no matter what happens to me, 
what happens to Lewis, what happens to Carolyn. How many of us know people that have sickness in their body, but they believed, they received it, but we don't know what's going on in their hearts. We don't know the full picture. We don't understand that. We have to be fully convinced that his word is true and trusting him. And that comes from walking with him, being in his presence and, and building that love because trust doesn't come without love. Um, so I would just encourage you to be, when you're in his presence, say, Lord, I want to receive a full revelation of how to walk by faith and being fully convinced that no matter what you say in your word and no matter what I see and what I see in others, that your word is true in everything I do. The Bible does say, um, and I'm going to read it, um, it says, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what um, was done to the fig tree, but you also, but also you can say um, to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and it will be done. Um, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So I think here the key, the key is do not doubt. And um, faith is a muscle. You have to build that muscle. You know, when you go to the gym and you're building a muscle and you, you push your muscles to where they are screaming at you, you will, you'll know it. The next day you go to walk, you can't walk because your muscles are screaming at you because you worked them. It's the same thing with faith. Faith is, is going to be worked and your muscles are getting worked. Your faith muscles are getting worked and sometimes it hurts. You know, sometimes you're like, okay, I know I believe God's word here and I'm not seeing it. Well, then you're not really in faith if you're saying, I don't see it. Faith is really saying that I, I believe that I'm healed. And even though you may not have the evidence of that healing, you're still healed. And you have to keep speaking that and not go, oh, I feel this or I feel that. Well, your body may be speaking to you, but God's word says different. So you have to stand firm on that belief in faith that you're healed. You know what I mean? So you can't doubt. You have to continue to, and your words really make a huge difference. You know, you can say you're healed, and then the next day you're going, oh, my head hurts, or something like that. You know, right now I'm, I'm dealing with some shoulder issues. My shoulder is, I'm not going to say it's killing me because it's not killing me. It's not. Um, but my shoulder is giving me some issues, and I have to stand firm on his, on his word in my body's healed and I may feel the the pain but God's word says I'm healed. So I think that the key is just remembering that to watch what you say and believe what his word says and don't doubt. Yep. And I, I like what uh I like what I wrote down here. <laughs> uh faith must not absolutely must not require a physical evidence or else it's not faith. So when we're in that faith zone and we don't see it, we cannot require to see it. And when we're in that faith zone, we can't say the opposite. So when we don't, when we see other people either not receiving or whatever, we don't, we're not with them 24-7. We don't know what's in their hearts. We don't know what's going on. But again, going back to what Pastor Annie says, we have to be, when we're fully persuaded, we have to catch ourselves when we say things opposite or when we're about to say things opposite. Um, 
you have sometimes you gotta get creative um, because you'll be around people and you'll want to say otherwise. This society nowadays likes to complain about everything. Uh, oh man, allergies are kicking in right now. Oh man, I've got I have a migraine headache and you're tempted to just dive right in with them and talk about, you know, like, oh, maybe I do have allergies. Maybe it, maybe this is it. Maybe this is happening. So we have to be fully persuaded and by renewing our minds and casting down thoughts and saying things like, I feel great when you may not. How are you doing today? Praise the Lord, I'm great. What's going on today? Today, you know, it works really busy. Uh, yeah, but you know what? We're doing great. We're, we're getting through it. We're, our, our team is really doing fantastic during this time. We're really pushing through. Versus, man, this time sucks. There's been so many pivots. We've had to change things so many times. And you know what? By now, I don't even know what to expect. That's going to turn around the team, right? <laughs> so we, as Christians, it is our, it is our duty to, to walk a different walk. And it, and it takes discipline, and it takes getting in the word and renewing our minds. But we have been called, and because he's telling us about these things, he has qualified us to do it. When he gives us this revelation and when we stop start walking this out is because he knows and he's like I can trust you to do this Tyler I wanted to share something that the Lord told me he told me this a long time ago will you put Mark eleven twenty three uh, up there in the King James real quick because I think it goes along you know with what we're talking about with what Melody said as well and what Pastor Annie said it, I'm so glad that you said what you said Pastor Annie because that's what I would back here I was like Somebody needs to say that scripture. <laughs> but in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, I, I had read the scripture one time and I was battling. I'm like, Lord, I know what your word says. Your word says, if I say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and I shall not doubt in my heart, but believe the things um, that I'm saying will come to pass. I'll have whatever I say. I know that that's your word, but God, I keep having these dumb thoughts. I keep having these thoughts and it's contrary to your word. And he said, well, does my word say, shall not doubt in your head? And I said, no, it says, shall not doubt in your heart. And he says, so my word remains true. Even though you doubt in your head, my word remains true. And I made provision for you. When I said that you needed to, you, your mind needed to be renewed, that's what that's for right there. He says, so that doesn't change my word. You can doubt in your head and my words still come to pass and you still have whatever you say, but you have to take your, your thoughts captive. Amen. But I wanted to share that because that really helped right. me out big time when yeah. the Lord spoke that to me. Yeah. And it's important to, and uh, I was listening to Kenneth Hagin, is you can have doubt in your head and believe and have faith in your heart and you're going to receive it. But it's when you say it, you got to make sure you, you're lined up correctly because you can, you can have faith and doubt operating at the same time. But it's what you say and what you act on that will give you the results that you either desire or don't. Yes. Sorry. 
uh, whenever you whenever you said you know what you say um, when you were talking about that and uh, you know in your workplace you know when you say oh you know oh things are great when they're really not the world would look at that as lying to yourself and saying and saying it, it, it's not you're just you're just lying you're fooling yourself you know you're you're foolish for thinking that way but as Christians we are we are acting in faith we're saying yeah we we see reality we know what it is but we're not speaking that we're speaking god's will to that situation and how powerful would that be we do that in obedience to god and things change and people see the evidence and say oh you weren't lying to yourself how did that happen and then that gives us an opportunity to give glory to god and be a witness to others and being like this is that's uh, what we've been harping on that's what us that little thing called faith that you guys make fun of all the time that's exactly right so and you know what and then they start coming to you because they know that when you say something it'll come to pass and that they're like you oh yeah if i go to hilda i know things will turn around i know that if if she says something that that happens Yes. So um, I really loved Melody's question a lot because I think um, during, like every Christian in their walk faces those same types of questions. And so I think it's great that you are able to, you know, ask these questions out loud because, um, you know, coming into Winner's Church, which, you know, I haven't been here as long as some, like four or five years, but the Lord has really helped so much to really build my faith through hearing um, the word here, hearing testimonies of other people. And I think it's so, um, a big moment for me was like the revelation. Like I would spend a lot of time reading God's word, like thinking on his promises, especially when I was believing for something. And, and, and I'll use pregnancy as an example. And I know a lot of us have this <laughs> same story, right? But when I was believing for our first baby, I was, I was finding scriptures and I was reading them and I was praying over them. I was like, well, you know, God's word says, I'll have what I say. It says, none shall be barren in the land. You know, so you're, I'm, I'm speaking all of these things. And every month it didn't happen I was just devastated and I'm like, man, am I really in faith if I'm so upset every time I'm getting this negative result? And then I kept praying and I kept praying and then like um, the Lord really used Pastor Ziggy to help give me the revelation of the word that was the Lord is doing something within me that I can't see that's going to bring this about. And then once that happened, that revelation dropped all of that fear and anxiety over that test melted away from me. So the Lord uses Pastor Ziggy, Hilda, those who preach in our church, people who are praying with us and, and we're sharing these things with to help reveal, to bring the revelation of the word. That's when the word becomes alive, right? The words are not just words I'm repeating over and over in my prayers, but now it's alive in me and it builds a fire within me where I'm like, I am pregnant in the natural, maybe I'm not, but I'm like, I'm pregnant. I have my baby, you know, and then I didn't have to continue to will myself to try. I didn't have to worry about those doubts anymore. I, I felt the fire within me knowing it was true. And so I think about that with a lot of things that I still haven't seen come to pass that I'm believing for of like, 
well, I'm believing his word, but the revelation, maybe I'm, I'm still seeking that revelation. And once that revelation drops and that word becomes alive, then those fears and those doubts will go away. But in the meantime, I can keep declaring the word, keep seeking his face and seeking his will. Um, so I, I felt like that was a, a really good question to, to remind us all of, okay, you know, there's, um, there are steps that are taken and, and the doubt, don't worry so much about that. Like the revelation comes and it, yes. it, those things will melt off of you. That's awesome. I like that you said, you know, when you tell yourself, am I really in faith? When you're not when you're not seeing it, when you're not seeing it, you're not gonna you know. Or when you when you don't see it, that's when you're in faith. You know, as long as you're standing in God's word, remind yourself that you're in that faith zone. You're standing in that faith zone, and I think the the more that you let yourself know, hey, I'm in the faith zone, and don't let the devil bring in doubt of like, oh, are you really? Did you really receive that? No, you're like, no, I am. I'm in it. I'm doing it because I'm believing his word. I'm standing on it. And be like, devil, step off. Um, and really just like take that ownership of I'm in the faith zone. We can talk about how Abraham, how, you know, how long did it take him? And, you know, did he get to see the promises of them going into the promised land, you know? He didn't even get to see that. But you know what? Did, did he waver? No, he kept on doing what God told him. So stay in that, when you're in that faith zone, that's like really when you should really get yourself pumped up because it's right. You're doing it. Melody. Um, and maybe sometimes, sometimes I, I, I wonder, doubt. Uh, I know that there was something that I had been praying for in my family. For nine years it took Mm -hmm. and uh, it's still not completely over with, but there was a huge change. Um, and so I, then I, you know, I'm, the, the length of time that you wait, that you question, maybe that's why sometimes I wonder about if it wasn't, if it's not in his will, because you were, were also supposed to do God's will. Mm -hmm. So is it my will, or was it, is it God's will? And so I get all of that. A little bit confused, you know, especially if it's a length of time. Right. And right. you know what? I'm going to go back to exactly finding it. If, if it's in his word, then that's his will. If it's in his word, that's his will. And then you just be settled on it and convinced. If it's in his word, it's a done deal. Does he, you know, does he want our family saved? Yes. Every single one of them. That's his will. There's no question whether he might not want somebody saved or not. Does he want, you know, family to be together? Yes. You know, like, so finding those things, and maybe you'll have to do some searching to find a couple of scriptures to, Lord, help me find your will about this. So then that way you can be fully convinced. And so whenever the time is passing, you're like, time is... Time is futile. It doesn't matter what, how long it takes because your will said this and I believe it and that settles it. Amen. Brandon? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. Go ahead. So, I don't know. It's, it's kind of tricky because also at the same time you have to make sure 
sure that God is saying whatever it is that, that you're believing to yourself. Because I think a lot of times as Christians, we latch on to things that God really didn't never say for us. And so we're hoping and, we, and we're believing. And it's one of those things where we need to really tuck in and, and just say, Father, are you really saying this for me? You know, is this yeah. word is for me? If you said it, then I'm there. But, you know, and I think also a lot of times, I mean, we see it throughout the Bible where, you know, where God will give people, how can I say this? We'll give people, uh, great men, dreams that are bigger than, than, than themselves, visions, visions that are bigger than themselves that they don't see come to pass. Just like you were saying with Abraham, you know, hey, I'm going to make you a, a, you know, a, a father of many of many generations, and you know, I think he, when Abraham died, how many sons, or how many did he, did he ever see his grandsons, or his great grandsons, or did he ever see that come to pass, or even with David building God's house, right. something that he never got to do, but that's what he wanted to do. Um, his son got got to see that, or Moses going into the Promised Land, or I mean, we have we have all these examples throughout. So I guess it's. I don't know. I don't know, Tyler. I think maybe it's like a, it's just us <laughs> really tucking in and getting the discernment from the Lord. Is this like a generational thing? I know I'm just adding more confusion to the madness, but I, I think at the same time, it's one of those things where we sometimes you just have to dig a well for the next gen generation. And we might not see those things come, come to pass that were spoken to us. Maybe they were never meant for us. They were meant for us to start that well and dig that seed so that our generations that come behind us can take advantage and they don't have to start in the same position that we were in. Amen. If that makes sense. It does. Amen. Okay. And also as we get uh, Ms. Rhonda the microphone, you know, we too, you know, whenever it's maybe something that you're like, is it God's will for me to have this? Maybe it's a little bit more in the now. Uh, we have people we can talk to. Um, you know, you have, you know, of course we have pastors, but you have those people that you have built relationships that you can trust and say, hey, I'm believing for this. Can you pray with me about it? I just... I'm not sure. And because I could see myself getting in those places a lot whenever it comes to, and I've you know, been very open about this, my professional growth. Sometimes my ambi um, ambition gets ahead of me and says, I want, I want this. Hilda wants this. But it might not be what God wants for me. It might, you know, he might be wanting me to go a different route. And so sometimes I do have to connect and, you know, David and I have done this a lot is we just connect with Pastor Ziggy and Pastor Ann and be like, is this right? Is, should we go this way? Should we do this? Is To us, this is what we want, but we're ready to hear something else if, if that's not it. Um, so we, we have those people we can connect to. We don't have to, yes, we can, you know, in our prayer time, we can even fast and pray and, you know, to seek the, the will of the Lord. But we also, he has given us these connections so that we can talk to each other about it and maybe receive that, that greater knowledge of what he wants for us. And, you know, a lot of people have spoken great things over our lives. So expect that as well. Ms. Rhonda.
Really, Joe? We're gonna have to remove you from that booth. I mean, I get what Brandon has said, but faith talks big, and God gives us dreams that are too big for us, that we can't, that we cannot fulfill. So if we're believing for something that's huge, that's out, that, that's big, then that's what he wants us to do. Because like, like he said, Abraham became the father of many sons of a nation. So when we're believing for things, we have to believe big and we have to be in the word. Because if we ain't in the word, we don't know what the word says and we have nothing to stand on. And that's when our mind starts going to negativity or going to what we see because God gave me a word a long time ago at Winners when it was like way back, and he said, the truth is not in what you see. And I didn't understand what that meant at that time, but we cannot rely on our natural eyes. That's right. We're supposed to be walking by the Spirit. So if we're not being led by the Spirit and walking by the Spirit, then we're not going to believe. We're going to go, oh, well, his word says that I'm healed by his stripes. But because my body hurts, because my head hurts, because all of these things hurt, I'm, you know, I don't know if that's true. Yes, it's true. He, he did not say in his word that we were healed. If we weren't healed, we just have to believe it and not doubt. But I like I liked what you said, Hilda, that you can get over there in unbelief, but then you get back over in belief and believing and get in that faith zone and say, no, Lord, I know what you said. I know what you said I can have. It doesn't matter if it's too big for me or if I'm like, I'm not seeing it right now because you might see it or your family might see it, but you're going to see it either way. You'll be in heaven seeing it. So it don't matter. It don't matter. You have to have faith. That's it. I, I said, did you want to drop it? I'll catch it if you want to drop it. Um, I will talk about, like, this health, health journey. Um, one of the things that I've been learning just about my own personal faith is that you have to really know that God loves you. Like, he really loves you because as a person that pray for people, like, it's easy for me to believe for somebody else. But when it comes to your own personal desires and your own personal wants, and sometimes we have to go back and say, well, what do I want? What does God want to do? What do I want to see God do for me? And a lot of times that certain situations may come up and you be like, well, that sounds good, but God really desires to do personal things for you. And I love what everybody said, but in my health, in this walk, no, God didn't put sickness, but it has been 14 years, only the journey, but it was done the moment that I got the revelation. That's when it was done for me. Now, I can't tell you when because I was just still, it was like I was still figuring it out. Like, it wasn't what, you know, I've heard, I've, you know, seen, but when it hits your door, 
you got to know that you know that God wants it for you. And that's like the first step for me was like, what does God say for me? You know, and then the other thing was just drowning out my own religious idea, my own stinking thinking. You know, Pastor talks about creating that environment of our mind. And that, it was like everything, like everybody's saying, like over the period of time, it's like every time that we hear the word coming forth in our church, it like it builds upon. And it seemed like when we come, it's like, man, that's what I needed. Like tonight, that's what I needed. Even though I was kind of, mm. but the main thing that I know that I know that I know I'm up to this point now that, and I'm going to stand up because face talk big. I don't care how many times I've gone to the doctor because I went today. I don't care how many times they tell me, ma'am, you, you're at the door of death. I don't care how many times uh, insurance and all these moving parts, it, I cannot. I cannot, I had just come to just get like thick skin and resistance. Of, I cannot let that be the determining factor if I'm going to live or die or not. Because the Bible says that out of your mouth comes blessings or cursing. So I, I had to constantly, and sometimes when they would be saying things to you, because sometimes you don't have an opportunity to kind of scope what you say. So I had to prepare myself going to the doctor. Okay, if they say this, what you going to say? What are you going to say? Because that's really the determining factor, what you say, what you believe, because that's the report of the Lord. The report is, no, so what? I've lost this. But God says every time you lost, I'm going to give it to you in greater measure, greater kind. And because he's in the word says, when you satisfied. So there's some things that I ain't satisfied. I said that today. I am not satisfied and I am not yet lived the life I want to live. So I got things to do. This is why I can't die. So, and, and you got to say this in your car, in the shower, wherever you are. And so today, loving, well-meaning people will come to your aid and will be sincerely wrong. They'll be sincerely wrong. Listen to me, church. They'll be sincerely wrong. And when I put that testimony about my blood, people, a lot of people didn't come in at first, but you know why? Because no, the world do not want you to get over there and see victory. The world want to text you and say, oh, we, I call them the weeping wailers of this century. It's like, oh, my God, you'd rather I be down low. But our God says that we are to live high, that we're to be leaders. And I, I just, I could, I, I, sometimes I tell Rhonda, I was like, we got some real emotional idiots because they just, they don't get it. And then it'd be another year going past and another year going past. And they like, oh, my God. And they would like you to die so they could come to your funeral and say, Man, she said. <laughs> so, so I'm saying this to say, 
There's certain areas that you're just going to grasp quicker than others. There's certain, and I, I wish I could say why, I don't. But right now, I'm heading finances, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. Sometimes, just the word faith, you could possibly have an aversion to. But like Hilda said, take that inventory of your life. And like those that, this is what I'm doing. Whatever you feel like you don't have faith for, get with somebody that similar has that victory working. I don't know who said that, but I, I, it sounds good right now. They get with somebody that that's working. Because that don't work. I'm, I mean, you know what I'm trying to say. It works. But if that's where you need to lock arms and help propel you and encourage you in your faith. Miss Melody, I think we have all been there. There's areas I'm there in the areas of my husband. I've, he's coming, though. Oh, <laughs> listen, listen. He's coming this year. I've already got the confirmation, the title deed. The other thing that God says, well, Curlin, if you believe me, why you do the opposite? So just be careful not to do the opposite of what you said. We're still working these things out. And if you're a black and white person, you know what I'm saying? You got to become a great. A great person, because that's faith. It's flexible, it's movable, it's ever-changing in the sense of you don't, it, it goes like this. But God's word never changes, though. Amen. And I think that's what pe some people are trying to say, that if we had the whole final piece of it, we can, but only thing we have is the word. Amen. So that's why I would encourage, but I, 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 the lady was so... Today was so, oh, well, you got to virtually call me. Lady, I'm supposed to do a film. I ain't going to be here. <laughs> now, we, what we can do is find a DLU and I can get a DLO that's giving blood somewhere else. I come on a Tulsa. I got to get my seat and sell my $1,000, ma'am. Okay? Amen. That's what I'm doing. I'm sitting my ties, but no, I'm not letting this hold me up from what I believe that God want to get seed to me so I can sow. That's right. So, I mean, I was just like, it's, we can't accommodate. That's the other thing. Don't accommodate the opposite. Right. Like, I, if I accommodate, if you accommodate sickness, you're going to say sick. I had to learn that. So when I would want, didn't want to go to work, guess what I leaned on? I'm not feeling good today. I think Tyler said, I was like, Tyler, get out of there. Nobody didn't ask you nothing. But we can't accommodate the lack thereof. We, we have to stand when we don't want to stand. And I'm telling you, a lot of our leaders, we, man, they're, they're giants. We love you. And we just walking it out. But you, this is what the testimonies do. Amen. So amen. So I'm going to encourage you guys with uh, a little bit of what Carolyn said is be prepared to know what you're going to say. Um, a lot of one of the things we like to do is uh, we say it is healed people don't stay home from work. Because, you know, you're going to see your healing as you're walking into your car, as you're coughing, as you're going into your office or wherever you're at, healed people act differently. 
and you and we speak differently. So when, have, be ready to know what to say. Be ready to know what you're going to say to your coworkers when things get crazy. Be ready to know what you're going to say to your family when they say silly things. A lot of it is in preparation, but be, his word will prepare you, but mentally you got to also be ready. And so faith and, and worship and being in his presence is fantastic. But you know what? When we have to walk it out, it takes some tactical moves from us Christians. And we, we're in the army of the Lord. And army people have tactical moves and they're ready to do what needs to be done when it comes, when it comes to being in the zone. You've you got to know what to do at that time. So we're going to end it with that. God's going to, I told you guys, you weren't going to leave here the same, and you're not. Expect the Lord to be talking to you. Expect your faith to just jump up higher than it, it's ever been because he's going to give you that fresh revelation, and you are going to see yourself walking in a greater measure of faith. And then once you're in that faith zone, you're going to jump over to that manifestation, and it's going to be awesome. And then you go on to the next. <laughs> Amen. So, in the words of Pastor Ziggy, love someone because you do. We will see you Friday if you can. There is outreach in Bricktown. And then on Sunday, we'll see you guys back here at 1030. Oh, Pastor Ben and at 6 p.m. with Pastor Ben. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, so be prepared. It's gonna Be prepared. All right. It's going to be great. Have a good night. Love you guys. <laughs>